0: So we are back. Hope everyone is doing super well out there. Now, everyone knows I've been sort of going on this crazy deep dive into VR, AR, avatars. And this has led me to Amir Bozorgzada. And Amir. Amir, where are you located again?
1: Uh, we're headquartered in beautiful Lisbon, Portugal.
0: Beautiful Lisbon. So, it, so Absolutely
1: my- <laughs> beautiful Lisbon. It, it is the California of Europe.
0: So our search for VR and AR and avatar trends and answers and here in 2019 have led us to Lisbon. They've led us to Amir. Amir, how are you today?
1: I'm super super happy to be on this podcast um and I'm going to geek out with you so I'm even happier about that.
0: Oh man, that's my that's my guy. So Amir, I want I just really want to get right into it. You are the CEO and founder of Virtual Leap. I've been hearing about Virtual Leap a lot lately. You are very busy. You contribute to VentureBeat. You're all over the place. And I really just want to get into it with you. Tell us about Virtual Leap. Tell us where you stand in this world uh, here in 2019.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, like where to start? Cause you know, people sometimes tell you, how did you get where you are? What are you doing? And, and you have to give, you know, you have to dish out this rationalized narrative that made like a sequential logic of, of how you got there and how I got to VR and AR and how I got to what we're doing with virtually has been like a meandering twist and turn. And really like the VR sector in and of itself has been just all over the place too. But, um, We got into the scene about three years ago, and we were very big on WebXR, or as it was known, WebVR back then, and we were running hackathons. And then in one of those hackathons, we discovered that analytics was a really underserved and premature, uh, how do I say it? Like, it was pretty much barren territory. It was like we were noticing, like, the only things in analytics for the VR and AR sector was basically, like, copying and pasting the Google Analytics model, which we found completely boring. And we were like, well, you know, for VR and AR, you have this additional dimension, right, coming into play. You have this whole new third, you know, dimension that brings in the human-centric element in a whole new way for digital media and technology as a whole. And so, where's the where's the additional dimension to the analytics side and the meandering river of 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 you know failing and trying to test out different things led us to what we're doing now, which is um, you know, we're at the intersection of what I call like neurosec- uh, neuroscience research, um, machine learning to some extent, and and in both VR and AR, we basically have created a series of neurometrics. That's what we're calling them right
0: now. And, and this Am is Virtual Leap. Is that is that That's, right?
1: This is Virtual Leap. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, these neurometrics basically do one thing, which is. We say, to, we say on our website that we translate body language into psychographics or like emotional insights about a, of a, about a person in a VR or AR you know, environment. But what that means is not body language like my grandmother's, you know, really hyper gesticulation when she gets excited with her hands. We're talking about we're listening to the autonomic nervous system. We're talking about um, a part of our physiology and physicality that is always sending signals on a subliminal and conscious level. And thanks to um, headsets, VR and AR, and particularly the ones that are the more expensive and you know, more, more nifty like the HoloLens, they can listen to this otherwise um, you know, veiled aspect of our body language the kind of body language that we all kind of anecdotally know has an impact in our communication and self-expression, but we never can actually quantify it or put our finger on what, what exactly that means. But the new data points captured by headsets um, allows us to start to make sense of it. And thanks to um, years and years of neuroscience research, it's been just you know collecting dust
0: otherwise. So what I'm hearing you say is that we are now in a position to effectively measure and record and use body data that we're not even aware that we're giving off. Is that, is that fair to say?
1: absolutely it's it's the autonomic nervous system no one knows that it's even there it's unconscious um, it's unconscious it's subliminal we don't know it we're it's like the you know the like the lie detector test no one really understands why there is a piece of our consciousness separate to our ego that will tell you the truth regardless of your ego's uh, volition or interest you know like what is that other aspect and the autonomic nervous system is part of that it's like a part of our physiology and physicality that is always saying stuff and doing stuff, but it's not really connected to our conscious uh, awareness.
0: So then what are, you, what are you doing with this data? Describe what Virtual Leap does.
1: So we got some neuroscientists on board in the beginning, and what they did was essentially take a selection of behavioral studies from rats to monkeys to poor human beings and we we picked out the right ones that would be relevant in the setting of vr and ar and what what, what we do is we've created these mathematical models and these mathematical models essentially translate body language into let's let us let us say someone is stressed out in a vr setting or they're calm or maybe as we advance Maybe, um, you know, um, there's other emotions that we would track. But essentially, we would be able to tell you how a person is feeling. What mood are they in? And in the setting of a VR or AR storyboard, let's say cinematics or a game, you could allow the moods to define how the story twists and turns in the plots. You could use their mood to be something that avatars take into account when they're, they're connecting with you and dialoguing with you, you know? Um, so we're basically giving um, either in real time or, or you know, after a session in VR and AR, developers can actually know what the emotional state of users are. And it's not because they have a special headset with EEG tracking or eye tracking or checking the th- uh, temperature of their skin. Those are all other aspects of the autonomic nervous system for sure. And we use that on the back end to validate our, 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 our math. But simply with um, the positional tracking of a headset, we can know the emotional state of a user. And the reason for this is no one really realizes it, but let's take the Oculus Go as an example. It's a 3 to headset, so three degrees of freedom, no room scaling, no movement around your room with it. This is a pretty um, simple version so far of what we're ultimately headed towards, which is headsets that are you know standalone, and you can move them all around wherever you want to go. But in this case, the Oculus headset takes uh, tracks nine different positional um, data points, uh, accelerometry, for example, and the one controller with the Oculus Go that pairs with it has seven data points. That's sixteen data points together that we are uh, potentially being able to c- uh, collect with this three-dof headset. You know, there's and they're all it's usually tap, trashed in the bin. But what we're doing with uh, with our uh, with that Leaf is basically taking these sixteen data points and putting them and putting them into the the churn of these mathematical models, and then basically saying Bob is. Not happy. You know, we give that. So we they give they that
0: map you. to emotions. This data right. and analytics map to emotions. You don't need anything fancy on the body. But given the current equipment here in 2019, you're starting to figure this out.
1: Exactly. I'm, it, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm listening to you explain it and I'm, I'm just making notes. <laughs> to
0: how I, I'm just trying to simplify things and make sure I'm not the smartest guy in the block. I'm, I might be how, the most curious guy in the block, but definitely not the smartest. So I just want to make sure I understand. And, and what I'm hearing you say is that there are many, many implications for this in a variety of settings. How are you as a business? Do you have customers right now? Where, where are you? The
1: ones I can talk about. For example, I, we're working with uh, uh, Trimble and the AEC side of things um, uh, as, a, as a pilot partner. So, okay, I'll backtrack. Yeah. What we have to do when we create these mathematical models is one thing is we have to be aware that they can mean different things in different contexts. They're extremely context-oriented, uh, even though we're trying to create um, an application that even allows them to be context-free, applied in any you know particular environment without First, setting like a particular category, but uh, basically, what we need to do is create templates. So, let's say um, some entertainment-oriented creator wants to make a VR game, and it's an adrenaline rush game like Duke Nukem VR. Um, one of our, you know, one of our uh, um, data points might mean a completely different thing in the setting of a Duke Nukem VR experience than a meditation app, as the polar opposite. So, we're creating all these templates to basically ultimately release a platform later in the summer where a content creator can come and pick what category they are and then the the, the metrics are most relevant to them in that way. But that requires us first to work with uh, pilot partners across different categories of of content. And one of them, for example, is enterprise and subcategories of that. One of them is AEC and Trimble, for example, would like to apply it in a particular setting um where it makes sense in the in the sense of like let's say simulations that have to do with architecture um and help that 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 enterprise uh you know niche um on the other hand we're in talks and working steadily to onboard uh the mba via NextVR. so next vr is the the platform that allows you with oculus go for example to watch mba games as if you're sitting at the you know um right by the center stage right um where, but, but this is a 360 video and they're really limited in terms of analytics. Um, so in the case of the NBA, what they want to do is actually be able to track a user's experience during the entire match and then be able to um, give the user a highlight reel that's customized to them based on the peak personal moments of the game. See, that's them. amazing.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I don't think most people would even think of that use case, for instance, <laughs> right? which is, okay, for an audience in VR... We are, we are going to measure when you're excited, when you're happy. We're going to give you a highlight reel. Uh, we are going to give you all of this information to give you a better experience to the actual user as well. right? That, right. That's, that's amazing. Obviously, I'm geeking out on all of the implications for avatars. I know for yeah. me... My belief is that avatars are really starting to pop here in 2019 and 2020. One of the issues uh, really around this is that identity is such a big deal. And I think that with identity and avatars creating, I, you know, if I go into a virtual world, goggles or not, um, being unique is a really, really important concept. And so yeah. I think this, this does lead the way to to people looking, feeling, even in something like Fortnite um, looking more unique you, it, are you finding that to be the case with your customers
1: the, the thing about avatars is that there's such a double whammy um, for example you know if you if we talk about not with um, not with our tech or, or autonomous avatars or, or virtual beings or whatever um, different people are calling them but if you talk about avatars in relationship to us as you know people who put on different avatars in VR and AR all these weird things things suddenly pop pop up in the setting of VR and AR, like proprioception, our awareness. There's a part of our reptilian brain and all this stuff that that actually has a certain self-image kind of coded inside it. And so in VR and AR, there's all sorts of implications about when we start using avatars that let's say are wrongly, uh, in, in, in the wrong dimensions, like the arm is too long than our brain actually thinks of our arm to be and or too short. There's actual like implications that could be negative or positive. I mean, it has implications on when you use avatars of a certain setting. It's like back in the old days of like, you know, crazy, uh, um, um, what are those cr- crazy, what are those crazy, Festivals, I'm thinking a carnival um, you put on masks <laughs> and people had that affect your identity like really right, truly And right. VR and AR avatars have that gateway of a very weird door that I don't think we're very very aware of the the long-term Consequences of what we're kind of stepping into but on the other hand you have avatars as the gateway through which, you know, AI-powered um, characters can suddenly pop up from the other end. And you know, people are calling, um, you know, let's talk the avatar layer of uh, of AR, um, not not VR, but let's talk about, you know, the uh, the AR cloud and the Mirror World, as people are calling it, or uh, Magic Leap is calling it the Magic Verse on their end. But you know, they're thinking about how the world's going to become you know, alive with a digital layer that just maps out the. To- Physical reality and makes the world come alive from you know, with a, with a double like a digital double, double and avatars from that point of view. I mean, if you look at companies startups like Artie, um, which has a has developed their own Wonder Friend engine to allow brands to create and
0: what's and, the and, name of that uh, company again for, for our audience?
1: A R T I E and I believe Arty. they're right in your corner of the neighborhood of Los Angeles. Actually.
0: I think so as well, actually.
1: Um, you got it. You have to talk to Artie and Artie are these brilliant guys, um, brilliant team that are essentially um, focusing right now on mobile AR. Um, particularly, and I agree with them on this, they're, they're focusing on that because that's the largest distribution. That's where the most, you know, there's over a billion um, enabled uh, smartphone users that could potentially get access to this kind of um, tech for mobile AR. But they're bringing avatars powered by AI, let's talk sentiment analysis, let's talk NLP, um, object recognition, facial recognition. They can like, you know, um, I think they can identify like seven emotions right now in the mobile AR setting in terms of facial tracking. Anyways, all those things come together in mobile AR to bring life these branded or unbranded or whatever characters that are driven by ai and they can listen to what you're saying or or and respond and remember what you did in a particular setting they're like getting increasingly intelligent but um the coolest thing is that in the setting of you know ar and vr it's probably going to be like a whole world of these character characters popping up you know and and that's what uh, i think armando kerwin um the co-founder of RD, he's he's been calling that the avatar layer
0: See, that's so exciting right now. And I, and I feel like, uh, yes, it's extremely early. However, we are seeing major signs of life in all directions with what you just described. And yeah. uh, I think to your point, though, we want some human characteristics and qualities with some of these avatars, and sometimes we don't. And then sometimes we want these qualities with AI-driven avatars, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. Right? Is, is, is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I just don't think – I don't think we understand what's happening. I think uh, – uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember that – that uh, who killed Roger Rabbit? Was that the, the yeah, movie? Yeah, man. We've been talking about yeah. that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeremy yeah, Welton, I've been talking about that all week actually.
1: So so Ryan Horrigan, the other co-founder of, of Artie, was mentioning that as his example of this whole kind of world of bleeding in and bleeding out of characters and and that's our future. But I'm thinking the interim period – of us getting to that world is going to be a really messy, in my opinion, you know, in in some shapes, and some, uh, some forms in the sense that, um, you know, if we're, the ones using these avatars, we're gonna have, a, a, you know, we're gonna have an experimental phase of figuring out what works for us, what works, what what doesn't work. Are people gonna, you know, one of my co-founders at Virtually, um, Roland Dubois, he created a universal avatar API called Graver, G R A V R, and basically what this avatar does is allow you to basically set your exact specifications of your real world self into the avatar dimensions of whatever you're going to be carrying in from one experience to another. So you have your own kind of backpack avatar that you can always have your, you know, so your user comfort is always okay. Cause one of the issues about VR and AR, um, and this concept of the metaverse, you know, that you probably heard ad infinitum, it's getting, people are saying it less now. Um, but about two years ago, it was just met, you know, metaverse this metaverse that, um, uh, you need to be able to have things that allow traversal linking. So things that allow you to take, Something saved about your experience of self, or your avatar, or your link saving, or something, and take them from experience to experience. You can't have your avatar shift by by the dictates of anyone who creates any particular experience. You want to be able to keep on moving and, and keep your self identity intact, right? And that that's totally. what he created his
0: avatar API for. And I really think we also need. On a side note, I really think we need social proof uh, in this universe. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I don't see it yet. And I think early on with the internet, of course, social proof—it's the way that platforms are built. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that's expressed through avatars um, and through the work you're doing.
1: Totally agree. I mean, the thing is, um, right now it's just so fragmented. And I think one thing that has I, I've never seen as fragmented as you know with the VR and AR industry—it's it's how fragmented it gets. I mean, on the in the first. Four or five years, you see the hardware manufacturer, you know, people um, creating their own hardware, then creating their own, you know, software to create walled gardens around whatever they can, you know, monopolize before an entire industry even has a chance to even manifest, and that costs so much fragmentation, and it's still causing fragmentation. It's I've never seen so many people doing things in different directions. Um, there's a lack of unity. Um, and we need unity to be able to have kind of that like that gel that allows everything to start connecting together and then we can have things like social proof because you can't have social proof until there's some i don't know i think there's some a little bit more solidarity you have platforms like high fidelity that are completely walled gardens and they want to create their own thing and that their own little you know well little or big universe but they're kind of really closed off from the outside ecosystem and that's how they're doing it and then you have all these other small ones we really need to see some or um, I think standards set into motion and in particular in relation to avatars.
0: I think that's the case. I also think there's uh, there's an example where with what you're describing, I think on a micro level with individuals, individuals learn how to transverse universes and platforms, so to speak, mm. and, and piece things together and travel from one platform to another with maybe a constant identity or maybe with some sort of constant data uh, and I'm actually seeing that happen on a very micro level. I've been playing around with uh, VRChat recently. I think VRChat is right. happening, man. I think it's cool. Well, are you, uh, have you played around with that at all?
1: In and out, in and out. Um, I should be using it more. Uh, I, I, I have um, most of my friends uh, back at Boost VC where I was, uh, we, we participate in that accelerator in San Mateo. Um, and it was a big thing uh, back then as well. Um, but I have to say I haven't, I haven't been a, a regular user at all.
0: Yeah. I think that, I think that there's some interesting numbers. I, but, but more importantly for me, I like to go in there and like see what the user behavior is and see what's happening. And I think people are starting to do interesting, creative stuff in there. Um, and I think that bodes well for, for what we're describing. Hey everybody, this is Ben. So I wanted to take a second away from the podcast to tell you we are now offering Chance bending coaching. So it's an exciting, I'm so excited about this. It's crazy. Basically, we offer a program where we help entrepreneurs get results. First and foremost, we help you get results. We have incredible testimonials. We've helped so many people over the last year or so. And I think you're going to love this program. We give you an actionable plan, we teach you how to run business models. We really just help you move toward that entrepreneurial life you were meant to lead. So pure and simple, we create business results. If you act now, we have a special, just go to bensmith.tv. We have a hundred dollars off. It's so affordable, guys. It's like, I can't believe we can offer it at this price. Like right now we're offering coaching at $297 a month. I don't know anybody that can meet that price. That's what we're doing you get all sorts of media, you get modules, you get courses, you get all sorts of stuff. It's like I am so pumped to offer this to you. So go again, bensmith.tv, click join now, join the Chance Bending network. It's awesome. Um, all right, back back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean one of the issues with a lot of the the guys like you know, altspace Back when they were a thing, um, I'm not sure what's going on with them now. I know they're active with Microsoft, but I don't know to what degree. But, you know, a lot of the numbers are never transparent. That's the issue sometimes. You know, you, you never know what the usage really is. You know, like, for example, when a when a content platform tells you how many registered users they have. Well, that's not something interesting to me. I want to know monthly actives and so on. And and VR chat is definitely one that's given us more transparency. Um, yeah,
0: you know? yeah. I mean, the numbers are amazing. But uh, when you go in there recently, the numbers are up in the rooms, which is which I think is a great sign. And then more importantly, when I go onto Twitch, I'm starting to see streamers that stream VR chat, and I'm seeing views. I'm seeing people getting on there and watching in VR chat, which I think is a great trend.
1: I th- I think I think that's gonna be something. I think the timing is perfect with the Quest, for example, the Oculus Quest, and and some of these handheld. Because you know, like the thing is once we have more and more comfortable, uh, I think, devices, I think, I think what you're seeing in VR chat and the engagement levels, I think we're only gonna see that um, uh, not necessarily explode, but start to trend at a, at a higher steeper um, curve. Um, or at least that's my projection. I mean, um, you know, the problem with being a VR startup that came in at 2016 is that we came in um, at a time where Silicon Valley in particular had a real hangover, a hype hangover because they had started investing in VR startups in 2013 even as early as 2012 with numbers of I mean, well, with you know rounds of, of, of funds that would not get them all the way to 2018 which is the time when last year was when standalone headsets finally arrived so um, i think i think what we're gonna, what you're seeing is going to grow because it's the right time now if that engagement level really is happening, uh, in a platform like VR chat, then right now is when the devices are becoming just the right price and just the right comfort level and just the right quality at that comfort level and price, um, to bring in like a new wave of users, you know, to grow it properly.
0: I love it. I love it. So Amir, what's describing to me, what you're most excited about, what, what trend in this space are you most excited about here in 2019?
1: 2019, 2019, <sighs> so i'm a big I'm a big believer that the quest is gonna have solid numbers. Um, i've been I've been saying that a lot, and so I'm gonna stick to that tune. I am totally excited about it. Um, but aside from standalone devices and how that's gonna pick up, I think it's not necessarily gonna be a year where we see consumer uh, adoption, like, pick up properly, I think we're going to see some big purchases from enterprise. Um, I think 2019 is the year where the enterprise sector is going to even, you know, double and triple down on adopting the technology across the board. So, like, you know, in 2015, 2016, you would not read um, any any journalist talking about, you know, VR at, and AR as um, an enterprise play. You would say primarily entertainment, games, and so on. But it turns out all the boring you know, use cases of, like, factory floors and so on, um, remote engineering support for pilots in air, you know, um, as they're getting a specialist on the ground, helping them, like, in real time. Like, those kind of use cases. I was just, I just got back from Laval Virtual. It's a, a conference in France uh, just last week. And the whole exhibition space was just pure, like, I felt like 80% was is enterprise. Um, so I think 2019 is going to be a very strong enterprise year. Um, I think LBEs, I think location-based, um, you know, Sandbox, VR, um, um, Zero Latency, um, the continued the, the void and so on, I think we're going to see, you know, decent numbers in terms of what they're picking up on. But I don't necessarily think this year will be a huge year for them. I think next year will be. Um, uh, so LBEs... Uh Enterprise, consumer. I'm just, you know, I still think it's going to take like three to five years before we think we see things solid on that front. We're going to see successes, but they're going to be like more exceptions than the rule. Like Beat Saber is an exception; it's not the rule.
0: Um, Describe Beat Saber to people.
1: Beat Saber is like a, I don't know, like a Jedi's Jedi arts meets um, uh, like a like a. I'm basically in heaven because the, you're basically um, going through a game. Um, that's testing your dexterity using lightsabers pretty much to to break out blocks according to um, Patterns and and musical tones that are all in sync. It's like, I don't know like a symphony of a workout um, It's hard for me to describe right at this moment, but it is definitely um, um, Yeah, it's, the, my, it's my number one most favorite uh, VR application at, the, at this current time
0: cool So if you're if you're curious about this and you want to get into it, you want to try something fun Maybe, maybe this Beat Saber is a great is a great way to get into this.
1: There's no chance you won't like it, whoever's listening. There's to no chance. I love it. It'll blow your mind. And if it doesn't, I, I want you to email me. Perfect. And we need to talk. Perfect. Why?
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and you know, for me, for 2019, I really just believe that we're going to get more and more comfortable with this idea of communicating with one another as uh, as avatars, Um, Here in 2019. And that might not mean with with goggles on. That might mean, you know, more and more with Fortnite and discord and uh, different platforms, various platforms that might mean adding adding, you know, the avatar elements on your iPhone to your messages. I just think this is the year where that becomes more and more comfortable. Uh, and, you know, and probably by 2020, 2021, that's when your mom, yeah. that's when your mom starts sending, you know, starts talking to you as an avatar. Like that's, that's the direction I think we're headed.
1: I, I think so. And I think, I think, um, I don't know if you're following the WebXR API um, to what degree you are, but you know, the thing, the whole thing about WebXR is it's a JavaScript API that allows you to load VR or AR. Um, just using the web browser and on your laptop or your, or your phone. And, it, and, it, and it's kind of like, we call it progressive enhancement strategy, but it means that a VR or AR piece of content could load on any device at any, at any side of the spectrum. So, for example, if you have uh, a mobile phone or your computer handy, you can load it and you can enter that world through the gateway. We call it the magic window. Like if you, let's say, let's say um, um, there's a VR uh, you know, social network um, and you don't have your VR headset or AR headset, um, handy, you could enter it through the magic window of your, your, basically your the digital screen of your laptop or your smartphone and enter that way as some kind of like, I don't know, pixel or avatar. That's really generic, but then progressive enhancement strategy means that if you can enter now, plug in your headset, then you get more and more freedoms in this world because you have more and more devices that brings you those powers to have more self-expression in those worlds. And it's like basically giving value for any immersive content to any device holder of any kind. And that's the, the whole beauty of um, the WebXR API. But I bring that up because I think it's so important to have immersive content developed with all devices um, catered for, not just the VR and AR devices. And that's the beauty of it, you know? Um, but unfortunately we haven't, Um, enough uptick, uh, uptake of the technology, because it's so damn democratic. It's so damn uh, hard to make a walled garden around the web,
0: you know, right. Amazing, amazing. So Amir, where can people find you if they're interested in in finding your your thoughts, your writing, uh, talking with you about business? Where 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 can they go?
1: Um, so I write pretty regularly for VentureBeat, like you mentioned. So um, you know you can go to my author page, VentureBeat. Uh, there's no way to follow me necessarily. You could fi- follow me on Twitter. Um, no man, you're White really Box. you're
0: yeah. really talented at, with with the work <laughs> on VentureBeat. So I, I appreciate all of your writing. I I went down a rabbit hole there. Uh, I don't know, maybe about, awesome. about two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks ago. So. Appreciate I appreciate
1: it. that. I was, I was, I was, uh, you know, the thing is I, I don't, I'm not a journalist. I, I, I simply want to research that side of things. And the only way that I can really, really understand it is if I can write it in, up into a story that makes sense. And the editors of a publication like VentureBeat say, yeah, we'll publish this. That means well, I, and, I and actually your,
0: understand it. your passion is so clear as well. And it, that comes through in the writing. And that's what I appreciate. Um, and it's, it, it's pretty clear and succinct for, for a complicated subject matter. So so okay. yeah, great follow. Man,
1: I mean that means a lot to Man. me because I've literally heard nothing from anyone in two years. So <laughs> that
0: is <was> fantastic. <laughs> I'm your I'm your first fan. Thank you, Amir. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and where where can businesses find more about Virtually?
1: So you can go to virtually.com. dot um, Yeah, you know we keep things updated there. There's a you know newsletter thing if you want to be kept uh, kept up to date by emails. Uh, please feel free to add me on LinkedIn uh, if you have VR and AR specifically in your title and header. I'm pretty much, uh, accepting anyone on there at this stage. Um, but I'm really, really, uh, open, um, to invitations and emails in general. You can, um, my email is amir at virtually.com. Um, yeah, I'm particularly interested in anyone who is in the side of avatars volumetric capture. Um, this is a particular interest of mine right now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And so maybe next time you come on chance bending, we should do a little demo for the audience, so they can see. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, I want to get video so everybody can see what this looks like. Um, I, I mean, I think what you're doing is like you're right on track, man. It's gonna get crazy.
1: One thing I uh, I didn't mention, Ben, is because. Um... We've created these mathematical models, and you know they're brand new. There's, no, you know, what do you base them on except for what we do and we create? Um, we've basically developed this consumer-facing app called the Attention Lab, which is going to be launching on the Oculus Store um, likely next month in its first version. And it's basically this, like, um, how to describe it? You basically enter. Uh, an R&D lab that features a series of gamified experiments that we've developed powered by our neurometrics. Like the first one that's going to launch is basically a a pirate shooter game and it's going to test your dexterity and stress levels. But the data that we collect there basically feeds back and stress tests our mathematical models to help us refine them. But in return for the user playing these games, um, which are fun in and of themselves. They come out and they basically get a psychological report about their own personal neuroscience. So that's um, something to keep a out, out watch for. And I'd love feedback from anyone who plays that game. Obviously, it's a free-to-play um, game. and It's all about basically just you know, crowdsourcing and figuring out um, you know, um, this whole new field of
0: neurometrics. Why don't, why don't we have you back when that launches so we can do a little demo? uh, and, and show people what awesome. this sort of looks like. And I, I'm, I'm so excited for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will definitely keep you in the loop and, and you'll be the first to know. All right, man. So let's keep checking in. I'll talk to you in a month. If people want to find you, go find Amir. He's the best. Go find him on VentureBeat. <laughs> I'm telling you, the writing is really good. So that's awesome. have a great night in Lisbon and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, ben, good morning. have a great day all
0: right till then till then
1: cheers